Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by Tell Me Studios for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm Fraser McGrewer and I'm here with Nick Hare and Peter Coghill of Aleph Insights. And this week we're discussing the efficacy of changing lanes when driving. So I sense there are some powerful emotions behind this as a choice for today's podcast. Nick, I believe the impetus for this was your recent holiday to France. So can you set the context for us, paint us a picture of yeah, well, we had to drive uh, from all the way back from the south of France up back to our house in London. And so there was quite a lot of motorway driving. And I am a terrible driver. I've got no situational awareness at all. But motorway driving is one of the easier tasks. You know, I can more or less go into mental cruise control. You keep going at the same speed. I'll get there eventually. That's fine for me. I'm very, I'm very motivated to reduce stress while driving. Driving around town during rush hour is horrible. Um, but motorway driving is okay. But what spoils it are these are these lane changes. Now, why why people can't just pick a lane, pick a speed, and stay at that speed is beyond me. It drives me mad. Uh, you know, you're you're going along perfectly well, and then someone cuts in in front of you, and now you've got to leave a bit of extra room, so you have to sort of slow down again, and then you know, and then you get to someone who's going at 45 miles an hour and you you then have to sort of overtake so you can stick to your speed um it's just i find it incredibly stressful and uh the great thing is that the the empirical data are on my side um Mm. so i'm there seem to be lots of people who believe that they can shave you know loads of time off their journey by by weaving in and out of lanes and uh you know there are a couple of moments where we were in traffic jams you know we were stuck in there were two lanes traffic jam and of course one lane's moving moving a little bit faster Mm. than the other and um and i got very territorial about my lane i got i I felt like you know uh, people who were leaving my lane were quitters and uh and just you know deserve (laughs) to be shunned and then the people who were joined the johnny come lately who were perfectly happy in the other lane when that was moving more quickly you know jumping into my lane and slowing it down um basically i you know so I, i i had a look and and i you know tried to tried to find out if there was any theory here about whether whether being a being a rampant lane changer actually does get you there quicker and it doesn't right not really no i mean no. It, it, it when when people have tried to do studies where they've had one person drive at the same speed uh and another per, uh, sorry drive in the one lane and another person drive uh through by weaving in and out to always get into the lane that seems to be moving the fastest it's a matter of um perhaps two or three minutes an hour yeah. you save which yeah, yeah, as far yeah. as i'm concerned is not worth the stress well there are certain moments as well when um when you when you're driving where any kind of gains you've been trying to make through changing lanes and, and so on there are certain crucial moments like let's say there are traffic lights or, or roundabout where it's such a disruptive um, moment in that journey is that it, it flattens out all this all this changing lanes and so on um but actually i know this is not what we want to talk about today but i am going to talk about it and you came close to talking about it there is is one of the things you were saying is when cars move steadily um well the opposite of that and which you've described changing lanes as part of that and quite aggressive driving and and people using their lights too much or rather their brakes too much is of, is what causes traffic jams right and that I, that's what i find really annoying because you get this sort of cascade of, of of someone sort of pulls in into a lane and someone slams on their brakes and that sets off chain reaction but also people shouldn't be 
it's because they're driving too close to each other. Anyway, I'm dri- I'm going nowhere with this other than sounding yeah, right on. <laughs> other than sounding like we're on a, an episode of Room 101 or Grumpy Old Men. Um, so. Peter, you strike me as a lane changer. Well, actually, no. I mean, like when I was first, you know, young man, seventeen, I, I probably was a bit of an aggressive driver. But when I, I actually conducted my own experiments in this, and when I, when I started re- regularly commuting by car, yeah. would take would would time how long it would take. Um, you know, I did this over a course of about six months or so. Every day, I timed how long the journey took, and would vary my driving style, uh, sort of random, to to see how if it had any effect. And yeah, I found I found a couple of percent over a half an hour journey, um, so a couple of minutes tops difference between driving, you know, borderline dangerous to extremely conservative. So, but I and I and I so yeah I I, I and I so that totally stands up to rigorous <clears throat> rigorous experimentation, but also MythBusters are on our side as well. Yeah, yeah. and I, and I think there's also I mean in a more general point, people's intuition about what what ought to work with driving is often totally wrong. Um, and we know that from lots of counterintuitive findings in the psychology of driving. Um, for for example, removing street furniture makes people drive more safely. Um, roundabouts, mm. which in the US are considered to be incredibly terrifying, which mm. is quite funny. Americans are normally quite gung ho, but not mm. with roundabouts. <laughs> They're to intersections where something like half of all deaths, uh, motor motor uh, deaths happen. Mm. They're fine with those. They love yeah. intersections. They love roundabouts, stops. which are incredibly safe by comparison, they're terrified of. Mm. And apparently, um, you know, the first roundabout in the UK was built in 1909. Right. Um, but the first one in the US wasn't built till 1990. You're joking. No, and, they've only and they're got, very rare. Yeah, they're they still, are. There's um, four-way stops all over but, the place. But that's another sure. example of where, you know, what we think is safe, what we think is going to work, uh, based on our kind of everyday uh, intuition, is, is, is hopelessly wrong when it comes to what, you know, what works for driving. I mean, as Peter was saying, the difference between 60 miles an hour and, and 80 miles an hour, which to me is the difference between perfectly okay and terrifying, um, over the course of a 100-mile journey mm. is, is going to amount to, you know, it's, if if you were able to maintain that speed the whole time, it'd be twenty five minutes. But in real life, a lot of the time, you know, you'll be driving at the same speed as everyone else anyway, and you know, you're, you're probably only going to be talking about five or ten minutes. Okay. It's just not it's not worth it. But I think that, and, uh, 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 maybe we should dive a bit into sort of why why well it, a, exactly, and this is what I want to come on to. So it was all established. This makes us all very grumpy because we are wise, uh, rational people okay um and so well let's talk about so why i mean i think we know the answer so why people why do people do this and um and i guess you know what can we do about it to stop people doing it is that are we do do we want to provide a solution here i don't know but let's first talk about well why do people do this so well i I dug up a couple of interesting um studies that were looking at the psychological effects in driving and lane changing um and uh one uh, posited a hypothesis that sounded quite appealing um, that, uh, that your perception of progress and speed um, d- d- is dependent on a number of factors uh, and um, and it's also quite uh, it's also not very 
accurate most of the time so it depends it depends on whether or not you're moving at that given instance you're so you're so if you're if you're not moving if you're st stood still in traffic um you you feel like you generally not making much progress well to be fair that would be true <laughs> but but on but on average across the entire journey you know you 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 were there in that moment so you're focused on that moment so your 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 perception of your overall progress over time is 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 poor um, so you've got, you've got less of a strategic view, much more a tactical view. Um, also, as you're, when you're, if you're moving or there's objects moving around you, you're more sensitive to objects moving around you if you're if you're moving slower than you are to slower objects if you're moving faster. So it looks so you have a it looks like more people are making more progress than you are if you're. Oh, I see what you slower. mean. Apparently, we only spend six percent of our time looking in the rearview mirror. So, so you know, we we don't notice the cars we're passing. And yeah, also, yeah. I think purely mathematically, you will be you will spend more time being passed than you will passing people. More time, even if the same number of cars pass you, because because you'll be going slower when they're passing you. So the amount of time it takes for people to pass you is actually longer. So for, even for a journey where you end up going at the same speed as the other lane, you'll spend more time being passed by vehicles in the other lane. Yeah. Um, so what? So what? This sort of amount. Uh, also, there are micro effects where actually, if you're in a lane, you it's harder to see the progress of cars in front of you because there's a car in front of you, whereas you can probably see further into other lanes. So you can see movement in those lanes, and they look more potentially more appealing. Um, but the, so all all this amounts to is that a lane change for some people provides a sort of placebo effect yeah. of g getting to where you want to be. You have an objective, you want to get to your destination, and so performing a lane change gives you some measure, gives you a perception of control yeah, over gives you some agency. gives you some agency, which makes you feel better. Yeah. And we haven't even touched on the issue of social justice, which is that people feel that it's unfair if other people are getting ahead. And it, which is apparently why a lot of, um, you know, why, why the fashion is, is now to have one single line instead of lots of different lines for cashiers, yeah. um, because it reduces people's perception of unfairness. People are much more likely to feel like they're, they're doing badly. We'd loss averse. We don't, we don't, you know, we'd, we'd rather, um, you know, we'd, we'd rather not let other people beat us uh, than we would to get somewhere quicker ourselves, you know. Yeah, but what's good about those cues is, is you're right, they may or may not be fairer, I don't know. But it, it's something you just it, it reduces the need for you to worry about whether it's fair or not, and that, that's what I like about it. Yeah, it's something. It's one less thing I need to get sort of angry about. That's what I like. Yeah, um, I mean, you comfort yourself that when these when these people are, are all sort of busting a gut trying to cut in front of you, they're not actually gaining anything. Yeah. Well, do you know what? I have a fantasy, which is I'd like to be. I've got many fantasies, but I've got a fantasy that I would like to be a plain clothes. I'd love to be a plain clothes policeman. Um, or, or, or rather, you know, in one of those unmarked cars. Because the amount of times that I'm on the North Circular and just some idiot in a, in a BMW is driving, you know, absolutely crazily. And I'm just sitting there, you know, in a, in a, in a, full of impotence and rage. And, um, and just, it would just be so good just to give it a bit of blue and just like pull them off. I do have one story of instant karma. This is completely yeah. unrelated, but it does involve an, a... a um, uh, a plainclothes policeman which was I, was I was going to work one morning and I was about to have my cigarette on the walk to, to work and um, a guy came up uh, and just said give me a cigarette now he didn't say please right if he had done I'd have happily given him a cigarette but he just asked for a cigarette and I said no and he then knocked it out of my mouth the one that I was about to light 
and immediately a policeman appeared and said uh, he was a plainclothes guy, took out his license, got this guy against the wall and, um, and gave him a good telling off. It's fantastic. There we go. If only we just had those people on call. Immediate justice. <laughs> yeah. I think the moral is don't smoke. Okay, because that, uh, right? that's, that's what I really mean. That's what you're trying to tell us, isn't it? Um, hold on. Don't Sorry. smoke other people's cigarettes. Okay, so, but also in this, on this question of agency as well, because I know that if on a given journey that I might do that journey many, many times, if I've got a choice of two roads and I know that one is um, going to be full of traffic, but it's a shorter route, um, but there's a longer one um, where there'll be free of traffic, I know, and I suspect it's the case with most people, that I want to go down the, the longer route that's going to take me around the houses, but I'll actually feel that I'm getting somewhere. But I do know that I'm gonna, it's, either journey is going to take an hour. So I'd rather, it's just, it's just boring sitting in traffic. That's what I mean, that's what I find. Anyway, that aside, um, what I want to, I want to take this in the direction of, so we've, we've talked about the problems and why it's happened and this perception. Well, I'm interested in the future. Um, and I, I'm interested, and I guess I'm looking at you, Peter, is technology. How, are there any developments at the moment taking place in technology that sort of, uh, that are looking at this and looking to solve this? Yeah, so I think that a, 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 a solution is on, on, on the horizon. And I think uh, as driverless cars, automa automated vehicles become prevalent, then this problem will almost go away. Apart from those instances where uh, people want to drive, want to drive, mm. uh, want to be in control, um, because if you have you know, network, if you have a, a, a transport system which is entirely automated um, and it's networked, so um, it, the individual agents within that system can can communicate, um, then your your need for this sort of placebo cha lane changing agency thing goes away because you're no longer the human is no longer involved in, in driving in, in, in the progress towards the destination. But also your, your system becomes generally more efficient because all the cars are communicating with each other. Uh, cars are aware of a hazard way before it happens because they're being alerted to it by cars in, in, in ahead. So the whole system can move quicker. Uh, and I suspect um, you, you, you'll be able to conduct lots of empirical experimentation to work out what are the optimum algorithms are for lane changing to maintain the right flow um but it but it, but initially um it would make sense to have all cars just pick a lane and cruise at, at a given speed um at a at a set distance between each other mm -hmm. um okay that will make sense um and so it's just a question of technology getting it getting to a point where it that stuff works right um, but it's definitely, it's definitely uh, seems feasible from from where we are, and, and you know the fact that we use things like Waze. Are you familiar with Waze? Yeah. And so um, I think Fraser, you may have mentioned it on I, a previous podcast. Yeah. I think you are working. Yeah. No, working I've got shares. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, okay. So I mean, all that looks feasible. I think the only thing that the, the downside for me apart from that apart from i'm sure there and i know there have been teething problems where poor people get killed and stuff like that and i can imagine you know accidents in the future happening but i'm sure it'd be far less so th if we put that aside for the moment i think the thing that worries me is just it just sounds so boring and, well, and being able to watch a film or, or read, read a book while you're in a car. yeah because i can watch and that's much more exciting than driving I just well, is it like hair raising moment when you have to slam on the brakes and and, and you I mean, know when you're driving? No, I just I mean I I think in future we're going to look back to to when humans drove and we'll think how the hell did they do that? 
How did humans ever do this yeah. task, which is demonstrably impossible for a human to do? Yeah. In, in, the same, in the same way that we look back uh, at sort of 18th century astronomy and wonder, you know, all uh, these banks and banks of people calculating huge log tables for for, nor- for, for, for shipping and for navigation. So you think, well, that was obviously incredibly tedious, albeit specialised, hard task. How did people cope with that? Yeah. But that was a, that was a sort of a normal thing to do. But, but also, but also the, the having autonomous uh, uh, autonomous vehicles will will el- eliminate the need for Jeremy Clarkson. And I don't know if that's worth thinking about as an advantage. But. <laughs> well, it's funny you should say that because one of the other chaps who does that uh, show, who are the two other guys? There's the short guy and there's James the guy May and that hamster guy. Yeah. So I think it's James May I'm talking about. So he's a very much a supporter of of. Um, of uh electric electric cars okay uh which surprises a lot of people and he said no the reason i i i'm in support of it because it's clearly beneficial for, for for environmental reasons but it and it doesn't worry me about you know that you know if i'm a real petrol head because uh, because because what it means is that becomes a more specialist thing and it just becomes a pure fun thing so you can quite imagine that you know in the not too distant future when we're all sort of not driving our driverless driverless cars a great fun afternoon is going down the racetrack and sort of bombing around there and um, racing vintage polos and other um, everyday cars yeah and I guess you know in the same way that recorded music hasn't has has turned live music into something which I think people it's less of a necessity and more of a luxury Um, and hand woven things you know are now uh, something Mm. that people value simply for the fact that it's done by a human so let's wrap it up. Uh, any final thoughts? Anything, anything pithy to round this off with? Well, I like I like the idea of uh, Top Gear being rebranded to Top Algorithm. So you, you, it's about it's like well, which which uh, which custom algorithm did you use to patch your lane changing um, module in your in your Tesla? And, and instead of like these testosterone fueled guys, it'll just be a bunch of nerds in front of in front of a computer. That'd yeah, be brilliant. Yeah. Okay, I think I just my concern with this is it just brought to my imagination the thought of nick i actually feel really so bad for nick's uh wife and family um on a what a 10 hour 12 hour journey back from the south of france to the uk i can just imagine him all the way just moaning and complaining about these you know these 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 lane changes and 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 just going on about that i'm sure that's exactly what happened so if nothing else the 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 the, the advantage the great thing of this advanced in technology is that it, it will Less save the pain for <coughs> families yeah. of having to put up with people like nick is that a fair Hooray. estimation yeah, yeah definitely up for that great yeah. there we go okay well um nick peter thank you very much as always you've been listening to the cognitive engineering podcast um thanks for listening and until next time thanks bye-bye <laughs>